You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we do thank everybody for listening to America's Web Radio, and uh, we're glad to have you listening in today, as a matter of fact. And uh, this is David's pick, and uh, it's also the Georgia Military Hall of Fame hour that uh, we go to uh, what we feel like is one of the biggest and most important things in the world is our veterans. And... uh, we obviously just celebrated Memorial Day, which is a tribute to our veterans and uh, those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And many of us all, we all raised our hands and said that we would do the same thing, protect and defend our Constitution. And um, those that have given the ultimate sacrifice and or have just served are honored in Atlanta, Georgia, with the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, which uh, is the director of it is Rick White, and Rick is a, a becoming a closer and closer friend daily, as a matter of fact. But I hold no record to the gentleman that we have on and his relation with Rick, and um, I know Rick is about my age or close to it anyway. And the gentleman that's with us today is going to be talking about the Hall of Fame is. Michael Henry, and um, Michael Henry Camp, I should say, and uh, Michael is on the line with us, and uh, this is going to be a different view than we've had in the past of uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. In the Generally speaking, we'll have uh, someone that's been, that's an inductee into the Hall of Fame that served, and, uh, and uh, either the person has served in the military or one of the family members comes and talks about someone that's been honored and inducted into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. But the gentleman that we have on today, Michael Camp, has known Rick uh, since they were three years old, and I can't say that I've known anybody that long, uh, maybe three or four days, but... Uh, since I was three years old, that would be a long, long time. But beyond that, um, Michael uh, Camp has worked with and supported the Military Hall of Fame, the Georgia Military Hall of Fame, and uh, has done many, many things uh, in, in his life and career, and always of service, giving of himself, to do something for his city or state or whatever the case might be. So with that being said, Michael, welcome to America's Web Radio and uh, the show called David's Pick. 
Good morning, David, and thank you very much for entertaining my thoughts here for a while and being able to communicate on your radio station. I've listened to a lot of your previous programs, and i got to say it's very exceptional and uh, very impressive. But uh, let me take a moment and tell you, yes, indeed, I have known Rick White, now retired Colonel United States Army Rick White, for most a good part of my life. I'm 78, and he's just a little bit younger. With that, our families first came together in Norcross, Georgia, at the First Baptist Church in Norcross. Not only were our mothers and fathers friends, but we were friends with the community. And if I may, for just a moment, tell you that I shall forever study, reflect, and remember the unique community in which we grew up that I think was extremely formative in making Colonel Rick White what he is today, as well as a number of other military people and leaders from the city of Norcross and the surrounding area, including Johns Creek. With that, Rick and I first became acquainted at church socials. We knew each other through school, and as he progressed uh, uh, through middle school, I was in high school. I played football, and I remember seeing him on the sidelines. His home was just uh, not but about 200 yards from the football field. He would watch us. He became, I don't want to use the word obsessed in the wrong sense, but he was very interested in what was going on. He was a quick learner. He was an observer, and he was an individual who took things to heart. I think there are several characteristics of people who have achieved the degree of success that Rick has. And one of them is that they're very observant. They're very... uh, learned. They continued to make learning a lifelong exercise, which he has. I lost contact with Rick after I graduated from Georgia Tech in 1964. Uh, after a few months, we water skied together. We had a good time together. I didn't know what happened to it. The interesting part of this story is that I didn't see Rick again until three years ago. Wow. A long, long time. And it happened to be that uh, there was a funeral for one of our Northcross veterans. His name was David Verner. He served admirably with the Bronze Star. David was in the Tet Offensive, and along with Rick and about seven or eight others that I've known from the hometown. Mm-hmm. With that, they, the speaker there, where my brother attended, was Rick White. He introduced himself as Colonel Rick White, and he was in full military dress. After it was over, my brother and Rick spoke. They remembered each other. And my brother came back and gave me a call and said, Rick says you all have to get together. (laughs) We agreed to have lunch later that year, and we agreed to meet at a restaurant for about an hour and a half and kind of catch up on things. Five hours later, (laughs) <laughs> we uh, found that we had generally caught up with our families what had happened, what took place in a very general sense that just reunited the relationship we had for many years I did learn that Rick had joined as a private in the United States Army was shipped to Vietnam he did two or three tours there he went through OCS and then he had a progression of promotions educational experiences 
and other experiences in different theaters has made him what he is today. Rick is an outstanding man of character. He is outstanding in every sense of the word, with his church, where he's a deacon at the Clear Springs Baptist Church there in Newtown, Georgia, in Johns Creek. He is also exemplar in the community. He does so many things for so many people beyond what he does in extraordinary ways for veterans. I shall forever, ever be thankful that he's my friend. Absolutely. No question about it, and uh, I would uh, almost guess that Rick might be listening this morning. If if he doesn't, I know he'll be listening uh, as soon as we get the archive up with the show on, but uh, you, you hit it on the head. Rick is exceptional, and uh, he's, he's one of those individuals that crams 28 to 30 hours in a 24-hour day. And uh, I marvel at some of the things he's done. He's been quite active in the uh, Johns Creek uh, Veterans Associations and uh, putting up the uh, the healing wall in Johns Creek. But uh, so uh, you reunited, and and this is uh, I always ask our our veterans uh, a question, in that um, uh, can you tell me? Uh, a veteran that you know that will relate one story. And uh, uh, veterans are stocked full of stories. They, get, they can go on for hours and hours. And I can imagine uh, your, your, your and Rick's reuniting. That must have been some thrill. Was it anything like you thought you'd have in mind when you uh, got to see him after all those years? No, to be honest, uh, which I always try to be. Uh, I really don't like that phase because I think everybody always ought to be honest in everything they do, straightforward. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who I was going to see. I didn't know Rick's history at that point in time and what he had achieved. Needless to say, it was a magnificent day in my life uh, during that five or six hours that we had lunch together. We didn't eat much. He ate a little soup, and so did I. Hmm. had a salad. But uh, over that salad and that soup, I came to see the growth, uh, the expansion, the magnitude of what a human being can become. We were just, as I say, and I don't like the term ordinary people, but we were just people in Norcross. Our family were working people. I grew up on a farm, flying red mules and everything else. <laughs> I grew up the hard way because that's the way my father thought it ought to be. Rick also did a lot of that same thing. And so we never had expectations of the future. We didn't know where our lives were going. But I couldn't have been more pleased, more satisfied, more surprised than what I was after I finished that lunch with Rick White that day. Did, uh, I'm just curious because uh, most veterans, particularly of NAM and now even of uh, Desert Storm and Desert Shield, will they won't generally open. They won't even open up in many cases with their families, much less with uh, with someone that's not a veteran. But did Rick open up and talk to you about Vietnam? No, 
Um, and I can't say that that surprised me. Uh, after I sat in Rick's presence for a period of time, and one of the things I've done in my career is study the psychology of human beings and their reactions, their body language. And I knew right from the beginning that this wasn't going to be let's throw it all out on the table, let's share experiences and emotions and, you know, the things that go to the depth of our souls. I knew this was going to be a catch-up in a general sense, and over time, I would learn some of those things. But to this date, other than sharing a couple of combat experiences in a general sense, Rick has never felt uh, the need, and I don't feel the need to press him to do it, to share the depth of his experiences, just like I would not share with him some of the difficult times that I've been through in the course of my life. And uh, I think there's a degree of mutual respect that goes between people, between veterans. My father was a veteran of the Philippines in World War II. He never would share details. Right. My uncle survived the sinking of several ships in the Navy in the South China Sea. He swam under the flames and the oil on the water. He never, never spoke about it. Right. And so I learned early to respect that that lack of communication in regard to those things that are so personal. So, no, Rick did not share the details. I have another friend from Norcross. He was a second lieutenant in the Tet Offensive in the cavalry unit, which he was commander. He lost half his, uh, his command, and to this day, he won't speak about it. Well, there's, you know, there's a, as I mentioned many times, and uh, we have, we do a show called Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm with uh, General Richard yes. Dix. And uh, yes. Richard and I have talked about this, and the military and, and folks that haven't gone into it, uh, it's, it's the largest fraternity and or sorority in the world. And uh, if you can't, if some somebody, it's a common ground, and, and and Vietnam's a common ground. Desert Storm's a common ground now, and so forth and so on. So you all had this talk, you and you and Rick, and uh, obviously he did tell you about. I guess he was involved with the uh, uh, Georgia Hall of Fame at that point. Uh, so is that what pulled you into doing a lot of uh, volunteer work and and doing the the support of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. David, um, I always felt badly that I did not serve. I did work in defense industries and so forth, but on the other hand, uh, that did open the door for Rick to tell me about the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. That just grabbed my attention instantly and I knew it was something that I could do that I could attach myself to and I could do to help people that I could do to recognize people that I would known. I've known many many veterans over the years and been able to recognize some in other uh, venues but not to the degree that I liked so during that orientation that Rick gave me I studied it in great detail online and learned a lot about it, learned all I could about it, in fact. 
And the first year, I submitted three applications for people that I've known. Uh, I don't think any of them will ever be in, inducted, but all three have been recognized. All three have been given commendations in their families. I have never seen more proud people than when uh, Colonel Rick White presented those certificates of appreciation to the survivors of those families. They hold them in a special place in their home. They frame them and they forever talk about them as a great moment in their life. Not the veteran themselves, but the families. Sure. So it's a source of great pride and joy. And Rick led me to that point, and I am going to continue to serve with the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I've been to two of the Columbus events, and I've never seen a more impressive ceremony than what you see at that uh, uh, place there in Columbus. I forgot. I think it's St. Luke Center. Yeah, and, uh, the church where they do the a wonderful uh, place and a wonderful event. Yeah, the uh, first time. Uh, I was invited down, and uh, Rick said, now, you understand you have to bring your own box of Kleenex. Yep. <laughs> and yes. uh, there there are so many stories and the, and the, the things that uh, people have done, and, and uh, this is something we do, too, and you just mentioned it, is that, you know, the it's not only... I have a son that's uh, in the military serving right now in, in, uh, in the Air Force, and... Uh, you know, we we really project that it's it's yes, it's the people that raise their hand and serve, but it's the people that they leave behind, or the people that love them and support them while they're on duty or they're in country or whatever the the situation might be, and uh, the family support is probably I don't know. 80% of what gets any, anybody through it, and then their uh, faith and their belief uh, is maybe the rest of it. But uh, we, we always salute the, uh, the families of the veterans because they have made major sacrifices as well. And it's not to say that many, many wives or, or even husbands today didn't know what they were getting into when they joined, but at the same token... Um, it's all all different when you're called up and asked to put your uh, your life on the line, you know, or or sent in country, or you're deployed, or whatever the case might be. And so I've uh, I'm like you, or you mentioned it sort of that uh, Rick is not only not only do they recognize the veterans but also as they're doing it they recognize the families which i think is fantastic and this this yes i can give you one example of an experience there that i had i guess it was uh 2018 inductees uh, i went with a group from a previous employment area and they were very happy uh to do that and we're surprised at the elegance and the, the ceremony, the circumstances, and the conduct of that meeting, of that event. As I watched those people, those soldiers, those ex-military people go up for their awards, or their families go up for those awards, 
I suddenly heard a wife's name that I recognized. And I said, I think that's the only guy that ever came from that town that they mentioned that can be related to someone else I knew. So I waited till the end of the ceremony. And they took pictures, and I waited till the pictures were over. And there was this elderly guy with um, silver gray hair. And he obviously had been through a lot in his lifetime. And I went up to him and said, sir, do you mind if I ask you a question? He said, no, no. He said, do you have a brother named Harold? He said, darn it, I know where you're from. <laughs> what do you want? I said, I don't want anything except to know if Harold was your brother. He said, yes, he was a great brother. I said, yes, he was. <laughs> he was a great person. Harold was a six-year Navy veteran in World War II that took me under his wing as a young man and uh, kind of shepherded me through a lot of difficult times and gave me a lot of good advice. The gentleman I was talking to was inducted that night. It was Lieutenant Colonel George Partridge, who, uh, of course, served in Vietnam, Korea, and had an outstanding military career. He lives in Prattville, Alabama, and his lovely wife, Margaret, now and I stay in touch constantly. Uh, but I think the world of that guy, and the fact is, he's from my hometown and lived only a short distance uh, from where I grew up. And we have a great time talking about that, but no greater guy to be inducted. There's so many great people that have been inducted in the Hall of Fame. I just wish there was a special heaven for all those, and uh, they deserve it. Well, I, I'm not sure that there isn't, you know. And, uh, yep. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you said something about early on about Rick and, uh, and, and the man he had developed into and, and such an honorable man, but you know, that's, this is something that, and, and we stress this on, on the show as well, is that the military, there's the old saying, the military makes men out of boys. Well, today I, I would say the military is one of the opportunities of a lifetime to go into it's better than it's ever been and it's uh, with the volunteers in my opinion they it's made it even better and with that being said is the opportunities that the military all branches offer anything that you know anything from wanting to be a, a oceanographer to this that or the other is available in some branch form fashion of the military and for any People, anyone that's listening that has a son or a relative that's about to graduate from high school or from college that don't know exactly what they want to do, they really should look at the military. It is uh, outstanding. My son and his wife now have traveled the world on, uh, by the way, I think it was on your tax dollar, Michael, that they went all over the world. So. I, I, for my son, we appreciate it. But no, well, that's uh, money well spent. I'll say <laughs> the uh, the military is just. I I, I couldn't uh, say enough about what it is today. And P, a lot of folks still have some uh, misgivings or or look at it like it was in the past. But I can assure you, it's not like it was in the past. And uh, and from the military. 
when they transition back into civilian life, if that's what they decide to do, the individual then is better prepared than, in many cases, people that have graduated from college or whatever they've done. And uh, the mili a military person is sought after by business because they know what kind of quality person they're getting. So I always, uh, we always tout the fact that uh, look at the military before you make a, a headlong decision into some other career. So with that, um, what are some of the things you've done with and for and at the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame? One of the first things I do is a lot of research, uh, and I have a stack here on my desk at home now of veterans that people have never heard of that received anything from the Bronze Star, two Bronze Stars, Silver Star, or Medal of Honor, or Distinguished uh, Service Medals. And those are potential people that I may be able to find out more information on and have uh, nominated for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame consideration. There's some extraordinary careers on there. Some were killed in action, and others uh, lived great lives and contributed a lot afterward. I've also sought out those people who were in the military, came back, and made great contributions as a result of their experiences in the military, that is, contributions to their community. One such individual has already been inducted in the Georgia Military Hall of Fame. And once again, he's from my hometown. And his name is Chuck Wyndham. He was inducted in 2016. An outstanding individual. The other person that I would give you as an example that I've researched, that I plan to contact, and also hopefully will be able to work with to get some recognition in our hometown for veterans in the future is, uh, let's see, Johnny Williams, I think, not Johnny Williams, but his last name is Williams. He was a prisoner of war mm. in North Vietnam for five years. His F-4 was shot down. Uh, and he spent time there and was released uh, when all the prisoners were freed in, what, 73, I guess. He set up an ROTC program at Tucker High School. He doesn't even know I know him. I'm trying to learn all I can about him. These are the kind of people I want to get to know. I heard a saying the other day, David, and it went something like this. said, if you have an apple, you have one seed. If you have one apple seed, you have an infinite number of apples. If we can plant a few more seeds on behalf of veterans and increase their appreciation, their recognition, and their contribution to our American society in general, we're going to be better off as a nation. I personally think we live in the best country in the world. I've lived in one other country, Mexico, and I can tell you there's a vast difference. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But I think we have some issues in the United States that we have to consider, and I think the right people to do that are people who have had military experience, the training, the leadership, and the alternate experiences in foreign countries to recognize where we might be headed. We're losing our property. We're losing businesses. And I think we have to find ways, and I won't get political, but on the other hand, I think we need to identify through our veterans' organizations 
and through the help of veterans who can get things done, they can all get things done. They've been trained to do that, to identify these things and develop strategies of a totally encompassing nature to work on those so that we can uh, once again uh, continue to grow as a nation and maintain the freedom and the liberty that we've all enjoyed that so many people like on Memorial Day we respect. If I may, uh, Jesse Waters from Times to Times on Fox, and I occasionally watch him, mm-hmm. he interviews people from universities on the street And the other night, he interviewed people on the beach. Hmm. I am somewhat alarmed in many cases when these university students, young people, and even other people have no idea what he's talking about when he asks basic history questions, when he asks the fundamental questions about things going on in current events. And he asked this beautiful young lady in a bikini on a beach. He said, what is Memorial Day? She says, I have no idea, but the sun is shining today. He asked several other people. Only one could give the answer about what Memorial Day was. We've got work to do. And I think through the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame with their education programs that Rick sponsors and other organizations of this nature, there's 11 such states that are considering halls of fame for military veterans. The outstanding one is Georgia, with Rick leading it, and with Paul Longyear working with him. Uh, these are outstanding people, so I think, kind of summarizing my comments here, if we can utilize veterans with their experiences, their leadership, to help us recognize what we need to do to fix this problem of knowledge about our history, knowledge about what's going on in the world, then we can accomplish a great deal, and I'm willing to work on that. Okay, uh, Michael, with that being said, let's let people think about what you've just said, and we're going to take our first break, and uh, we'll be back with Michael Camp right after this. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Okay, Michael, what do you think? The guys... Recently moved okay, I'm here. 
Yeah, what do you think about the uh, first 30 minutes? With a sometimes not so fun uh, I don't know. Uh, I hope I'm not too verbose. Call Timothy at no, you're fine. You're doing fine. Everything's cool. And, uh, and make it, it goes good, pretty fast, actually. And a good experience. Around yes. town movers. So we'll probably take another break at about a quarter of. So Timothy, we'll be coming back very shortly, okay? Movers, in my okay, very good. Are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to uh, David Spick and our special guest today on the uh, Georgia Military Veterans. Uh, They are really the sponsor of the show, and we dedicate the whole show to them, as a matter of fact. And we started taking a different twist, as I mentioned early on. Normally, we would be uh, yeah, potentially in, in in interviewing an inductee, but you've, we we're doing something a little different. We're interviewing a supporter, Michael Camp, and Michael has known the director for a number of years, the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and um, this this is. Let me ask you, uh, Michael. How can other people get involved in the Hall of Fame? That you know, whether it's uh, introducing the potential inductee. And by the way, what you were just saying about um, going through the records and so forth—that uh, that has to be one a very interesting task. But also, uh, I take my hat off and salute you for for doing what you're doing because it's uh, vitally important that. The people that are inducted are what they say they are, or, or what somebody else has said. One other fact that that I want to mention, and you know a number of the inductees, can you name one? And I'm putting you on the spot, but I think all of them are the most humble people that you'll ever meet in the world, and. You know, I bet there's not a one of them that that you've met that doesn't sort of, you know, scratch his foot on the ground and say, oh, shucks, there were a lot of people better than me for this. Would that be a true statement? Yes, that would be an extremely true statement. They are so meek. They're humble. They never thought that they would be recognized in this way. They didn't set out to become heroes, so to speak, which they ultimately resulted in. But that was because of their character and who they were. Uh, I'm going to pivot just a little bit here, and I'm going to give you an example of a current person, not an inductee at this point. I've already mentioned Lieutenant Colonel George Partridge. He would be an outstanding example of this. His humility is just ingratiating he is such an individual but i'm going to mention another individual and it shows that uh, the the young sapling adapts to the great oak tree from which it springs there's an individual i met this last one and if you look on the board of directors of eight people of the georgia military veterans hall of fame uh he's not eligible to become a member because he is on the board of directors. He's not in it. He can't become an inductee. And that's Paul Longrier. I will tell you this. Uh, 
I met Paul and was impressed with him. Impressed with what he does outside the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. One day, on a cold winter day here in St. Louis, I was watching afternoon TV on Saturday, and I like to watch the American History Channel. And suddenly, you know, I was half-heartedly listening, and I heard a voice that was familiar. And I looked up, and there was Paul Longyear. And it told the whole story of his experience in Vietnam, what he went through as that tank rocked and rolled on top of him when he was buried beneath it with five or six of his uh, fellow soldiers. I never forgot that. And every time I see Paul, I think of that. And I think of what he must have felt. He had gasoline fumes, diesel fumes. He had water. He had gases from the exhaust, all choking him. But he was determined to survive. So that's one great example of a person that's not eligible to be an inductee. He's originally from Alabama, but uh, he absolutely is an outstanding individual and example of what you're speaking of. If I may, there's one other one. The sapling doesn't grow far from the oak tree. I'd like to speak a moment about Rick's son, whom I met for the first time. It's Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Graham White. He'll be commanding the Ranger Battalion at Fort Benning here very soon. He's had 10 tours in Iraq and Vietnam in combat. He also was severely wounded in an IUD explosion in 2003 or 4 and nearly lost his life. He spent months in the hospital. What did he do? He recovered and went right back into active duty. And an exemplary young man in every respect. And I was so pleased to meet him. And it's like Rick White reincarnated in a sense of the word. <laughs> what an individual and what a legacy that family has. So you, I hope I answered your question with two or three quick examples. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I I was not aware of Rick's son, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't think I'd heard any of those stories, but the the White family is, like you said, exemplary. And uh, you know, there and and this is this is what is so unique and so wonderful and so great about the georgia military veterans hall of fame and by the way folks it's downtown across the street from the capitol in the old floyd building and by the way if uh, they're open monday through friday they're not open on the weekends but if you take your family down i will give the restaurant there a plug because they serve up good chow so uh, it, it's a, it would be a, a very interesting and moving day for you, or two days. If you're coming into Atlanta to visit for a little while, a couple of two or three days, we'll take that time to go to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and, and read about some, of, some, you know, if your jaw doesn't drop after you walk through everything in the building, then there's something matter, there's something the matter with you the the sacrifices the things that people have done over the years with they weren't thinking of themselves they were thinking of their country and 
we are we are the greatest country in the world there's no place there's no other place in the world that has something like the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and uh get down on your knees and thank God for living here and being born here or being able to immigrate and uh become a citizen of the greatest world greatest country in the world uh has always been and always will be and it's the people again that also raise their hand to protect and defend the greatest document or one of the greatest documents that's ever been written the constitution and uh we uh sorry about that that's not supposed to happen but anyway uh we do uh we do thank you and how, how are some other ways that people can help down at the uh museum or at the hall of fame okay david uh I should say that there are two major events sponsored by the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame each year. Of course, one we've already spoken to, and that's the induction ceremony, which is at 6 o'clock p.m. on the first Saturday of November every year in Columbus at the St. Luke Center. The second one, as you have already indicated, is downtown Atlanta, adjacent to the Capitol, and that's the unveiling ceremony. Uh, I don't have the exact date which that occurs, but it is uh, an amazing ceremony that I've yet to attend, but I'm going to make it a point to do so. Uh, in there, the governor usually attends, and this is a very highlighted, very special, very solemn ceremony. I've talked to Rick extensively about it, and it's one of the things that I need to do here. But I'll also tell you some other things. Anybody that can talk about with their friends, families, connections throughout the state of Georgia about the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and what it does, and you start by saying that any of your family serve in the military, what did they do? What did they think? How long did they serve? Just become inquisitive, become interrogative, and ask people to tell you about their families. Some are a little slow. But as they start talking, you will learn so much. And by discovering these, making some notes, going back and following up with these people, you will find that I think this plants a seed that can help find future inductees. Encourage the people that are interested to attend this meeting in Columbus. And you have to tell them what a joyful experience it is, how good you feel afterward. What a grand experience. I have attended many, many dinners and receptions with governors and even El Presidente Vicente Fox in Mexico. I've never seen anything as impressive as this ceremony in Columbus. If you want to highlight in your life, go see that and invite people to go with you so that they can come back and talk about it. The exponential dispersion of information and connections created by people speaking to this as it geometrically expands into the public has a tremendous effect. I try to talk to everybody I meet about the General, uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And I think that's the way we get it done. And then by helping people fill out applications, I seek out military veterans that are elderly. I filled out some forms for some that are, don't have their benefits, have questions about benefits. I write letters for them. 
anything I can do, and they know why I do this. But, you know, I'd ask nothing. I just do it. And they're so grateful. So anything we can do to support veterans, contribute to them, contribute to veterans, uh, legitimate veteran societies, uh, and help uh, organizations, then that's a way we can get the word out about this. But if you want to become part and be exposed to an amazing event, get people to go with you and plan to attend yourself so that I want to give Rick the biggest problem he's ever had in his life. I want to tell him he can't accommodate everybody in that environment, in that room. <laughs> he's going to have to find a bigger place. And so, and by the yeah. way, I want to throw out that um, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is self-supporting, and if if you can contribute to it, please do. Any amount, anything that you can do for them. But, um, you know, it, it's it's all about the people that have taken care of you in the past, the veteran. Fair statement? That is a very good statement. It is non-political, takes no funds from government agencies, and as you said, totally self-supporting. And the more we can encourage that, the more we can help with that, and the more people we can, uh, not convince, but who we can find are willing to contribute to keep that organization growing, that is one of the best things we can possibly do. You know, it's um, obviously the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is, is historical and history and history of our heroes, but, and I, I, you know, I've never talked to Rick about this, uh, and and maybe you can shed some light on it, Michael, but, you know, it's it's also today and also many years in the future, as we will always, I don't think we'll ever be blessed by no war, no nothing anywhere, or that uh, uh, we don't have a need for our our uh, military, our support of whether it's any of the branches. And I, I'm not sure, but I believe I heard that uh, not in the near future, but potentially down the road, there will be some of, uh, well, they may not they may not be in Georgia. They may be in some other unit, some other state or whatever. But that um, there will be some inductees from guard units uh, that, have, that were called up for the pandemic. And that, uh, you know, their service, they, they put their lives on the line just like the soldier did in, the, in country, wherever that might be. But that uh, there is some consideration for that down the road. And it's like uh, I mentioned General Dix a minute ago. General Dix, and I miss him, by golly, he's a good friend. But General Dix was called up. Uh, he, he had retired, but uh, he was called back to active duty because of his logistics skills. And uh, I, I've kidded him about it, but... Uh, He's in charge or was in charge. I think he's going to be getting out shortly or has gotten out, but uh, was in charge of mask, procurement of masks and ventilators. 
And if one city had the ventilators and somebody else needed them, he saw that they, the logistics were taken care of. So, you know, this pandemic has brought out a lot of different things in folks. And, uh, you know, it was like with General Dix. The government only had to ask once. And I guarantee you for anybody that's in and serving right now, all the government has to do is ask once, will you do this? And the answer is unequivocally yes. And uh, that that's what, in my opinion, part of what the Hall of Fame is all about is the, is the people that said yes, and they did. And that's why we can talk today, Michael. Um, you know, and, and you've served uh, the Hall of Fame and and your friends that are veterans and your your friends that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And by what you're doing, that's can be that is as important as service overseas, because it's you know, it's filling the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame fills a gap that our public education and education in general is not filling. And it's a shame. And what you're doing at home, pulling up records and finding out about people, you're filling a gap that is sadly, sadly. When a, when a history book dedicates three pages to World War II, you know you got a problem. I would say a big amen to that. And I need to say this about the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Every speech, and I've heard heard quite a few from Rick, he begins with uh, two Bible verses. And one is from the Old Testament and one is from the New Testament. And and one of them is, uh, if not me, then who? And the other one is greater love. Who will come? Who will go? Mm -hmm. And... uh, you know, he does an outstanding job. I'll, I won't get into all the detail because that belongs to him. He is so skilled in delivering that message. But who will go and who is called? And he answers those questions very well. And I think that is the heart of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame uh, that gives it such strength and such a solid base to build upon in the future. Uh, he continues to recite that. I don't know who all saw Rick's uh, personal testimony on Memorial Day at the Clear Springs Baptist Church. It's online, and it was one of the best and most exceptional Memorial Day speeches I've ever seen. It bothers me that Memorial Day has become just another play day. Another day to go to the beach, another day to have fun, to go swimming, do whatever. But the Memorial Day should be a solemn event. It should be one of reverence. It should be one of reflection. And she should be one that remembers those who were killed in the service of our country and their military. In the Mexico, one thing they do religiously in November every year it's called the Day of the Dead, Dies de Morte. And they go and they decorate the cemeteries and they honor all of their deceased relatives and people who have influenced their lives. And they stay on those cemeteries 
for 24 hours, and it's a ritual of reverence. I'd like to see Memorial Day get back to that status. I would like to see military veterans in the United States be able to take a more prominent role in the leadership of the United States. Last night in Minneapolis, we lost all control here in the United States of the rule of law. It happened in Ferguson, Missouri, not far from me, two or three years ago. This has to stop. There has to be a strategy. There has to be a strategy to bring our United States back together where we respect law and order. I can tell you this, when I had openings to fill in my occupational years, I always look for people with military experience. I look for others naturally, but usually the cream of the crop, and they say the cream rises to the top, the people who were superior in most every category, both in the United States and Mexico, were military veterans. And you tell them what you want, they get it done. They don't make a lot of fanfare. They don't make excuses. They just go get it done. And they do it the right way. They do it with people in mind. And they do it with respect. You know, And so I think the key to our future here in the United States is a greater utilization and recognition of our military veterans. Well, I, I will not take exception to, but say that I don't disagree with you as far as Memorial Day is concerned and the reverence that should be given to it. However, I would venture to say that any veteran that has served, been shot at, been whatever, any veteran would say going to the beach and enjoying a weekend with your family is exactly what I fought for exactly what I died for or exactly what this is all about because you know they they want our country and part of part of our country is going to the beach and celebrating uh, and and I and I agree that the reverence should be there at least everybody should know why they have the ability to go to the beach you know and like you said Jesse Waters hit it on the head uh, with and that's that's our fault as voters that we don't put better teachers in place. We don't demand that history be taught. And there's the old saying, if if you don't know history, it's doomed to repeat itself, you know. And uh, exactly. we, we, we as individuals and voters, and so many people aren't voters, but we as voters... We have to take our fair share that we haven't done our due diligence in supporting and putting the right people in place and uh, making sure that our kids are taught history. And uh, I don't know, I'm I'm sure, well, you obviously the same way that I feel. There's nothing more entertaining than reading uh, reading history and uh, finding about what our forefathers did, finding out what our relatives did. And what you do for the Hall of Fame and going through the records is, that's got to be, I would venture to say you have a box of Kleenex by your desk, too. Got one sitting right here. (laughs) So, So, (laughs) uh, maybe I know what I'm talking about, huh? 
you know what you're talking about, and uh, I don't take exception to your comments about the enjoyment of Veteran uh, Memorial Day uh, with the families and all that. That's what they fought for. But I think, and I think you got it just right. As long as they recognize what the day is about and give it due respect, fine, go enjoy those things that all of these who gave their life in the service of our country fought for us to enjoy. They would want us to do that. I don't disagree with that. I, I didn't quite speak that correctly whenever I talked about Memorial Day. Well, you know, and this is... Uh... And, and again, I don't want to get, we do get political, but I don't want to get political today. But, you know, we do live in the greatest country in the world, and we need to recognize it and recognize that um, you're not just Michael Camp. I'm not just David Moxley. It's not just Rick White. It's not Paul Longer. It's the fact that we're all Americans, and that's the bottom line. And the sooner we get back to realizing this the sooner we will become that much more powerful it'll be interesting tomorrow to find out what the numbers are assuming they get to do the launch but what the numbers are tomorrow watching our country and capitalism work as we launch the first civilian spaceship it will be interesting but um, with that being said, Michael, I want to thank you for um, <laughs> being a good friend of Rick's and not telling all the stories you could have told about Rick, but uh, finding out more about Rick White and who I respect just like you do. And, um, you know, he is a, he's a great man. And thank you for coming on and talking about that. And I want to thank you for all of us for what you do for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and uh, that, um, you know, how important that is, finding out the history and documents and so forth that, and all the work that you've done for, for the Hall of Fame over the years and appreciate your support and look forward to, you know, let me ask, will you come back? I'd be happy to, David, and I thank you generously for the opportunity today. It gives me a great feeling to be able to do this and voice support for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and all veterans. I think, in closing, I would like to say that everybody ought to take a look and see just how many veterans there are out there and how many have excelled in their careers as veterans uh, as well as in their service. It is amazing. What is lying out there for us to learn and to get to know the potential that we have with our veterans. Thank you, sir. And uh, we will be talking real soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.